0: Following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com. Amen. God bless you. you all. May be seated. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 7. I really do love the Christmas season. Now, I know probably next to Pastor Rob, I don't look like I love the Christmas season cuz this guy had his Christmas tree up like in September in his office. Starts playing Christmas music about the beginning of October, but I love it. In fact, I think it's the most wonderful time of the year. I love that song. In fact, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Yeah. Y'all love that time, time of the year, man, when, when I know it's a little busy, right? And, and unfortunately, sometimes we get ourselves a little too busy, and we can get a little stressed out. In fact, moms and dads, we sometimes get ourselves stressed out because we think our kids have to have more stuff. But listen, during this season, this is a wonderful season to enjoy the season, to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, and enjoy people around you. Don't shout me down on that Enjoy people around you. Your family that you spent time with at Thanksgiving, you're going to spend time with them at Christmas again, so you might as well make a decision. Right now, you're going to enjoy them because it really is the most wonderful time of the year. And it's awesome that we get to spend this time together. As part of the family of God, part of the body of Jesus Christ, it's awesome that we get to spend this time. So we want to tell you, thank you for braving the cold today, getting out on this nice chilly day and, and getting in and up, getting into the spirit of Christmas of really coming to worship God with us today. So today I want to talk about Christmas because it really is wonderful to celebrate the, the coming of Christ into the world. Whose birth we celebrate, in fact next Sunday we'll be celebrating it. people literally all over the world on every continent We'll be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. It, it's, there's no other figure that has defined and divided time like Jesus. In, in fact, if, if you say God to most people, most people are totally cool with it. Yeah, I serve God, I love God, I love God. You bring Jesus into the picture and people get a little uncomfortable sometimes Because they want to be real generic, but we understand that Jesus is the only way. Because he's the one that's bringing life to us. And he came that we might have life and have life more abundantly. He came as Emmanuel, which means God with us. I don't know if you've contemplated that much during this holiday season. But he is Emmanuel, God with us. That he's with us today, that he is here today. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it means that he's in you, he's around you, he's guiding you, he's directing you, he's blessing you, he's loving on you, he's pouring his goodness into you. Your ability to love some of the family members that you have is going to only come because God is residing inside of you, because some of them just don't get too happy during the holiday season. Ebenezer Scrooges, right? And it's because God is with us, because God is in us. In fact, let's look at this scripture here in Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14, it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. I don't know if Isaiah really could have imagined just how enduring and extensive the reality of God with us was actually going to be. That over 2,000 years, people still long for good news. We still want to know good news. We still want to know that God is with us. And as we gather in this season of Christmas, it's really marked by our desire to be connected. And what it's really about is being connected with the one who came to connect with us. Many of you really like to be connected. In fact, by a show of hands today, how many of you would be willing to admit that you are a social media addict? Can I get you to raise your hands up? It's good. Confession is the road to healing. Go ahead and lift it up. First step is to confess that you've got this issue. In fact, you like to be in the know. You like to know what's going on. You like other people to know what's going on. You just have this need to know what is going on. In fact, sitting through a service where you discipline yourself not to text during the service... By the way, I can see y'all, by the way, just in case you're taking notes and all that stuff. You discipline. You literally have to get out into the hall because somebody may have posted something on Facebook that you may have missed. And you got to rush out there. Or you got a couple of texts and, oh my goodness, you've got to respond just as fast as you possibly can. Some of you are addicted to being connected with the outside world. Listen, you really do know who you are, right? listen. I wonder for us today, though, do we recognize that God is trying to connect with us? And and, and in that, he wants us to know that he is God with us. You see, there really is a big difference between God being near to us and God being with us. God came near to us so that he could be with us. But it's just like every Sunday morning when we begin to sing and worship God. Sometimes we walk in and because we've had a very distracting week or we've got a lot of things on our mind, we're focused on being doing something after service. You know, We're focusing on the roast in the oven. Did I turn on the oven? Was it at the right temperature? We're focusing on where we're going to eat and we want to make sure we get out of church before the Baptist so we can beat them to the restaurants and get the best seats. And we're thinking of all these different things in our minds and, and we're distracted. And so because of that, God is near to us, he's here today, but he's not with us. We're not connecting with Him. When the Word of God comes forth, we're thinking, yeah, Pastor Richie's not really that funny today, or Man, it's not, I'm really not enjoying it, so I'm just going to kind of check out. And again, what happens because the Word of God is coming forth. See, there's something powerful that takes place with the preaching or the proclamation or the declaring of God's Word. It changes our lives. It's not like this is in school and I'm giving you a lecture on anthropology. This is life-giving words coming from the life-giving Savior that God drops into my spirit and speaks into your spirit. But listen, God, while God is near, it doesn't mean, necessarily mean that he is with you. Unless you're leaning forward and you're pressing in and you're saying, I want to connect with the one who desires to connect with me. Over the past several weeks, I know it's probably this way in your house too at the Christmas season, but our, our lives have been pretty crazy with the, you know, rehearsals for the Christmas production and just all the things going on. We've been out running to and fro. We see each other passing sometimes, you know, I'm going in the door, Pam's going out the door and vice versa, and, and it's just really crazy time. Well, this past Monday, uh, my son Christian declared that he was going to be home tonight. Now, that was just an act of God and a miracle in and of itself, The My wayward son, who seems to get up in the morning, be gone all day, and comes back late at night and drifts out again in the morning, was actually going to have an evening at home. I was pretty excited because Pam and I didn't have anything going on, and this past week we've had almost something every night except Monday night, and I thought, all right, I'm going to get to be with my family. But because we were so busy and we were a little wore out, what do we normally do when we're wore out? plop down and watch tv right so so christian's watching i think the flash on netflix in the living room and it's monday night something and i want to watch monday night football so i go into the atrium and i'm watching monday night football and pretty soon my wife kind of moseys on by the atrium goes into our bedroom and i'm assuming she's going in to watch the voice it's the show that she likes to watch and so We're all three home, and as I'm sitting in the atrium, I can see through the glass, and I can see Christian. If I turn around, I can see my wife, and and I can recognize that, that we are near each other, but we're not with each other. And can I tell you, this happens in all of our lives a lot with some of the most important relationships in our life, that we can be near somebody, but sometimes we're not with somebody. In fact, this morning, the person that you're sitting by there's been a little tension. You've had some disagreements about some things this week. Or you guys have just been a little busy and you've been going different directions for a long time. You can literally be sitting near somebody and not being with somebody. Because being with somebody is about a connection. It takes very little effort to be near somebody. It, honestly, it takes very little effort to show up to church. But you know what? It takes a little bit more effort. You have to be a little bit more intentional to be with somebody. Amen. That when they're talking to you, you're giving them their undivided attention. You're, you're hearing what they're saying. You're not only hearing the words that they're saying, but you're hearing the meaning behind what they're saying. Most of the women are nodding and most of the men are going, what? <laughs> it's, it's a matter of being with somebody. Learning how to be connected with somebody. And again, it doesn't take much effort to be near somebody, but it takes a lot of effort to be with somebody. And connecting with us is what Jesus came to do. Jesus did not come to give us a a, a rule book, uh, some laws, some regulations, some performance things that we have to do. He came to connect with us. In, In fact, it's pretty staggering to recognize and to understand that God creator of the universe the one that has always existed the one who spoke the world in which you and i live in into existence wants to be connected with us do you feel do you feel a little underqualified today and yet that's god's purpose it's his plan his desire to connect with us it's why jesus came now i don't know if joseph really understood Why Jesus was coming in fact because of the fact that all of a sudden Mary showed up pregnant He knew he wasn't the father He was about ready to make a decision that he was going to put her away quietly that he was going to end the 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 engagement He wasn't going to marry her And an angel appears to him and and shows him some stuff in Matthew chapter 1 that I want to I want us to look at because the angel begins to talk about the magnitude of Jesus birth what the birth of Jesus Christ meant. Because unfortunately, what we're, if we're not careful, we can grow numb to things we hear often. Right, right. Numb is an acronym for not using my brain. Right? Yeah. right? We, we get on autopilot. We're hearing the Christmas message. Heard it. Done it. Been there. Bought the t-shirt. What else you got for us, Pastor Richie? Instead of engaging it with and understanding the magnitude yeah. of what is about ready to take place. I don't think Joseph got it. That's why he's about ready to put her away. And the angel is telling Joseph this in Matthew chapter 1, if you want to look at this, in verse 21. It says this, and she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He goes on in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. That's the prophecy we read earlier. Read earlier. In verse 23, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, it's the greatest gift that God could ever give mankind. The gift of his son who would save his people from their sins. It's the, see, it's the revelation of God's goodness that causes goodness to flow out of us. It's the revelation of God's love in our lives that causes love to flow out of us. And it's the, the revelation of the generosity of God who gave his only son. I've got two sons, and there's sometimes I would give one of them away. But for the most part, I would never give them away, and God gave us his only son. And it's the, gen- the revelation of the generosity of God that causes us to have generosity towards others. In fact, if you want to understand people or recognize people who have been with Jesus, you'll find in them a good-hearted attitude. You'll find in them a loving attitude. And you will find in them a generous heart and spirit. In fact, that's what many of you did when, again, this past week and over the several weeks, we, we again are blessing 42 families. I'm telling you, that's awesome. This is what you guys have done. 118 children by purchasing over 260 presence how do people do that they get so filled with the revelation of the generosity the love and the goodness of God that they can't help but give it away God's greatest gift to mankind was sending his only son to be a savior to save us from our sins he came to be one of us so that he could be with us so that he could save us Because just so you know, we do not have the ability to save ourselves. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are, we can't eliminate the sin nature or the consequences of the sin nature in us. But that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to help people save themselves, which is where we fall into works a lot of time, that Jesus has come so that he can help me to to do better and to be better. No, listen, you can't be better and do better well enough to be saved. You have to receive what Jesus Christ did. And when you receive it, it's the thing that empowers you to walk in victory. So Jesus didn't come to help people save themselves. He came to be our Savior. That whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, you're a whosoever today. And if you have called upon the name of the Lord, you are saved. Jesus has become your Savior. Stop trying to become something that you already are. The Christmas story is not about man's journey to connect with God. It's about God's journey to connect with man. See, sometimes when people give their lives to Christ, they say, Man, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. He had already found you. You were the one that was lost. He's never been lost. And he came to connect with you. See, the Bible isn't about our journey to discover God. It's about discovering the journey that God took to find us to bring life to us. That Jesus Christ has already done everything that you need for life and godliness. All we're doing now as followers of Jesus Christ is learning how to walk in all that he has already done for us. It's God reaching out to man. It's Jesus coming to man so that all that God is is made available to us. So I want to show you real quickly this morning the progression in these three verses that, that I think there's some application to our lives. That during this Christmas season, instead of again blowing through and, and not recognizing what Christ has done, that we can kind of refocus and recalibrate our lives to, to move away from just God being near us to God being with us during this holiday season That no matter what you have or don't have, you can have peace and calm. No matter good things or bad things that are going on around you, you can have peace and calm. Because you know that Jesus is with you today. He came as Emmanuel, God with us. So here's the first one. He shall save us. Verse 21 says that Jesus would save us from our sins. See, we needed a savior We needed someone to save us from our sins. It's what Jesus came to do to save us from our sins. Those sins that separated us from God, Jesus came to bridge the gap, to repair the issue so that we could be made right with God. And when he came as Savior and and died on the cross, he was given authority to forgive us from the sin that we needed forgiveness for. Because he paid the price for us, he now has the authority to forgive us Of the sins that we needed forgiveness for. And listen, just so you know, God doesn't forgive us like other people forgive us. In in fact, if that's your paradigm or your perspective of the way that God forgives you is based upon the way people have forgiven you, you're going to have a very unhealthy um, um, understanding of God's forgiveness towards you. See, let me show you real quickly three ways that God forgives us. The first one is he forgives us freely. God forgives us freely. Have you noticed lately how many credit card companies and businesses want to reward you for using their products? That you do that, you get points, and, you, and if you get up enough points, you know, suddenly you start getting free stuff. I mean, you go to Starbucks, and you buy 200 cups of coffee, and they give you a plastic spoon to stir your coffee the next time. I mean, it's not all that way. Sometimes you get airline miles, right, or you get products. In fact, I was telling the first service that my Christmas present this year is actually coming from the result of my wife earning some points. And I want to be clear again, I'm very excited about that gift. I got to help pick it out. So even though it was just points, I'm very excited that, that I'm getting it. So we're clear on that? Okay, well will make sure that we, we understand that. So you, you get these points, and when you do that, you are earning things. You're earning airline miles, you're earning, gi- earning gifts or different things. But listen, you don't earn forgiveness. Right, right. Now, we do that with other people sometimes. That's right. That's yeah, if, okay, I'll, I'll forgive you. I want you to know it's a little conditional. I want to watch change in your life, and if there's change in your life, then I'm going to forgive you. Listen, if you have put a, a, a stipulation on forgiveness with someone, you have therefore put a cap and a lid on your relationship with someone. Now, are we, am I saying that we should just let people do whatever? I am not saying that. And I'm saying you should continue to dialogue about wrong behavior. Behavior that affects you, behavior that affects them, behavior that affects the relationship. But listen, our forgiveness should be just like God. It should be given freely. You know how that happens? When you recognize that Christ freely forgave you. The more you get that inside of you, the more you'll make the choice ahead of time. I'm just going to freely forgive people. Well, they don't deserve it. Listen, even if they don't deserve it, you're going to jail for them. Some of you for weeks, months, even years have, have had this heavy, nagging, holding over your life because six years ago somebody said something or six weeks ago or six days ago somebody said something and they didn't deserve your forgiveness so you withheld it from them and now you've got this anxiousness inside of you Amen? amen so when you understand that it's free that christ has freely forgiven you it empowers you to freely forgive others now the thing that we have to understand is even though it's free it's not cheap it cost Jesus His life, so we need to understand that He freely forgives us, but it's not cheap. The second thing is He forgives us completely. Forgiveness with Jesus is complete and total forgiveness. I'm telling you, it's the most smoking deal in the world. When you give your life to Christ, every sin that you have ever committed or committing in that moment that you that in that or in that period short period of time, or every sin that you will ever forget, has been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor Richie, future sins? Listen, when Jesus forgave you on the cross, all your sins were future sins. So you have been forgiven. Again, it's the thing that when you understand that, you make a choice ahead of time. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm not going to allow other people's wrong behavior to put put in me wrong attitudes, bad attitudes, hurt, pain, and suffering. I'm simply choosing to forgive. Doesn't mean I always forget, but I'm making a choice to forget. I'm not going to keep reminding them of that. Because have you ever had someone that even though they said they have forgiven you, they keep reminding you about what you said and what you did? Well, there were a lot in the first service, just a few of you in this service. How does that make you feel? Makes you feel unforgiven, doesn't it? And again, it creates a lid in the relationship. The relationship can't move forward like it really needs to until we learn to just completely forgive. The third thing is he forgives us instantaneously. Instantaneously. He's not waiting to see how well you behave. He's forgiving you instantaneously. See, when we come to Christ, and I said this a a second ago, but 1 John 1.9 says that when we come to Christ, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In that moment, God has completely forgiven you and purified you from all unrighteousness. So Jesus came to save us. He came to forgive us of our sin. He forgives us freely. He forgives us completely. And he forgives us instantaneously. Listen, there is nothing worse than finding someone or seeing somebody who is trying to save themselves. In fact, churches are filled with some of the meanest people in the world who are trying to save themselves, who are trying to perform and do all the right things to save themselves, when again, they're just not walking in what they already are. They're forgiven, they're saved, they're a child of God. So the first application is he shall save us. The second application is he is with us. Now we talked about this a little bit, but I want to delve into it a little bit more because again, Emmanuel means God with us. It's not that I hope he's with me. Because sometimes you can get into a worship service and you're in the presence of God and you feel his presence. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's just the Kumbaya song. Oh, this is just awesome. I love the way Christian sings. I love the way Daniel sings. Oh, this is just it. I'm just feeling God. It's amazing. I'm loving it. And then you can walk out and get in the parking lot and somebody can cut you off on your way out and suddenly you don't feel the presence of God anymore. And you're going, God, where'd you go? Are you mad at me because I said that to them? Because I signaled to them they're number one. Are, are you, did you get out of the car? God, what's going on? Listen, he's with us then. He's with you in your best times. He's with you in your worst times. He is God with us. It means he's always with us. He's with us in this moment. He'll be with us next week. He'll be with us next month, next year, in the years to come. God is always going to be with you. He's right there. He's God with us. It literally means, again, that God is always going to be with you, even when you are dealing with feelings of loneliness. Yeah. See, all of us, you can have a lot of friends, and you can still deal with feelings of loneliness. Some of you more are more isolated, and you deal with it a little bit stronger than other people, but God is with you in the midst of your loneliest moment. Yeah. And if you can just recognize that for a moment and step back and say, I may not have the family around me or the friends around me that I'd really like to have, But Jesus, I thank you that you have promised to never leave me nor forsake me, that you're with me, that you're my comforter, that you love me today, and that you are my protector. You know, some of you were like me growing up. You weren't one of the bigger kids in school. I was always kind of a little bit shorter. In fact, I think I grew about two and a half, three inches after I graduated from high school. And so I was always one of the shorter kids in school, and, and so because of that, you know, I, I would sometimes always get picked on a little bit. So I'd always find a friend that was a, one of the bigger kids in school, so that when I was with the bigger kid, I'd be going, yeah, you want some of this? Huh? You want some of this? You're going to talk to him first, but you want some of this? Right? You'd, you'd have these people around you, and for me in the sixth grade, it was a guy by the name of Rod Canoostrum. Um, In four years from fourth fifth sixth and seventh grade I went to four different schools some some of it was just moving and some of it was some different things but went to four different schools and when you're the new kid man you get picked on some of you know what I'm talking about because you were either the new kid that got picked on or you picked on the new kid I want to talk to you after church those of you that picked on (laughs) I want to pray for you right up front here but I I was the one that was getting picked on so there were some guys picking on me until I until I befriended Rod Canostrum. And once I befriended Rod Gnustra, man, suddenly people didn't jack with me. In fact, when they would pick on me, he would go pick on them. I still remember in my mind being in the bathroom at Denmark Elementary School and him grabbing one of the guys and throwing him across the the bathroom and slamming him into the wall. It's like, that's right. You mess with me, you're going to mess with Rod. (laughs) I always felt braver when I was around Rod. Right? Because if I ever got caught in the bathroom alone without him, boy, oh, I, I was feeling nervous about it. What were they going to do? But when Rod was there, you, you want some of this? Right? I always felt braver when Rod was around. This is how it is with God. We, we don't recognize that sometimes, that he's with you. That he's backing you up. He's protecting you. When the devil is throwing junk at your life, you just need to stand up and go, you want some of this? I'm serious. Listen, God is with us. Creator, all-knowing, all-powerful, God is with you today. You know when it doesn't work in our lives is when we don't believe it. it. When we become fearful and anxious. Uh It doesn't doesn't flow right in our lives when we don't believe what God has done. It's why we've got to believe and receive the promises of God. It's why every Christian isn't walking in total victory. Because sometimes we don't understand what Christ has done for us, who he is, and so we don't walk in it. So he's God with us. He's not left you, but you're not tapping into what God has done for you. He's your provider. He shall save us. He is with us. The third application that we see from these verses, that's the thing it's really leading us to is that God is for us. God's for you today. Some of you really need to know that because you were raised in a very legalistic, religious background like me, and you always felt like you're never good enough. And and if you were praying enough or reading the Bible and you weren't sinning as much that week, it was a better week for you, you really felt like God was for you. But if you'd blown it, God wasn't for you. You have to understand that God is always for you. I don't care where you're at even right now in your life. I don't care what you did in your past. God is for us. In fact, Romans 8 says this. Verse 31 says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us... Who can be against us? So, Some of you need to write that verse down and put it up on your wall and r- remind yourself, what shall we say in response to this? Because there's some things that are coming at you that you need to respond to. So respond to what? Respond to God's declaration over your life. Look at since he's God with us, look at the promises he gives us in the previous verses, backing up to verse twenty-eight, and it says this and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Yeah. In all things. Well, Pastor Richie, I don't know that I always love God. If you're a child of God, you love God. And if you're a child of God, you've been called according to his purpose. He has pre-qualified you. You're qualified for that. So in all things, God is working things out for your good. He's, he's not making bad things come into your life so he can work them out. The devil's doing that. But he's going to take some of those bad things and he's going to work it out for your good. The problem is is when we're going through the things sometimes we get so disillusioned with stuff we start becoming faithless instead of faithful and so we start losing faith in the promises of God. But if you'll do this, if you'll just stop for a moment and think back to something that you went through that you didn't think you were going to make it through and look look at you now that you've made it through and you're a conqueror, you're stronger because you went through it. You can understand that God is going to take everything that the enemy means for evil and he's gonna use it for your good. But again, you've got to believe it. Because if you don't, you're gonna be fearful and anxious and God will eventually work it out, but you will not have learned the lesson through the process. This is what happened to the children of Israel. So they spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. An 11 day journey that they could have been there 40 years on the backside of the desert. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend 40 years wondering, barely eking by in my Christian life. I want to understand that he is Emmanuel, God with us. That he came near me so that he could be with me today. Because he loves us. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. You see, he's trying to help us become more like Jesus. And he's allowing things that the enemy uses to make us more like Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. That means declared righteous. And those he declared righteous, he also glorified. Do you realize that God wants his glory to be shining through your life? Do you believe that, know that God wants his glory to shine through your life? He, he gets glorified when you're overcoming, when you're conquering, when you're recognizing that I'm more than rather than less than. When you start recognizing, I really am the head, I'm not the tail, so I'm going to start talking like the head and stop walking, start walking like the head instead of living like the tail. God gets glorified. You just have to know that God is for you. God is for you. It's not based upon what you did and did not do. God is simply for you. In fact, one of the things I would encourage you to do is make it personal this morning. Say, God is for me. In fact, would you just do that? Just say it out loud. Say, God is for me. Go ahead, try it one more time. Some of you aren't sure if you can say it. God is for me. In fact, the moment the enemy's trying to tell you God's disappointed, God's mad, God's not happy with you, you can start saying over your life, God is for me. God is for me. God, I thank you that you're for me. God, I thank you that what I'm going through right now, I'm going through it. I'm going to come out the other side. I'm going to be victorious. Listen, you've got to get involved in the game. You've got to start talking. you got to start declaring the promises of God over your life. You've got to take out the sword of the Spirit and begin to come against the work of the enemy. Or you can sit there and let him defeat you. Honestly, for children of God, we've got to understand the power of Emmanuel. God with us. What it is that Jesus Christ has done for us. See, that's why he sent his son, Jesus, is to save you, to be with you, so that you would know that he's for you. And since he's for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, what can be against you? No one, nothing can be against you. Mean people? I started say mean girls, but I thought that might not apply to everybody, but mean people? Can mean people be against you? Sickness and disease? Depression, oppression, loneliness, low self-esteem. No, if God is for us, who can be against us? No one. He saves us. He's with us. And he's for us today. That's the story of Christmas. Again, it's not about our journey to connect with God. It's about God's journey to connect with us. Are you beginning to see how God is always the giver? He's always the giver. You can't outgive God. You can't. When you start finding out how much He loves you, how much He's prepared for you, all that He wants to do in your life, you get excited to live for Him. He's reaching out to us today because He wants to give you everything that He died for to provide for you. So, what's your next step? You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really learning is sometimes people get so overwhelmed with the process. When I start talking about the favor of God and the blessing of God or, or living the life for God, they think, man, I can't do it, Pastor Richie. You don't know where I'm at. I'm, I've, I've failed so many times. I'm stuck here. I've got these horrible habits. I'm, I don't have enough money. I don't come from the right family. And all these different things the enemy has told you for so long that you bought into it. And, and what I'm learning is that we all, all can always have a next step. That a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That we all have a next step. And here's what I think the next steps for you are today. If you're here, first of all, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, man, what I would encourage you, your next step is just to open up your heart and life to Him. To invite Him into your life. To receive Him as your Savior and as your Lord. To understand that Jesus came to save you. He came to provide everything that he had for you in, originally, to, it, for it to be restored to you today. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Richie, I've kind of gotten lost. I'm, I'm a little bit distracted by life. I've gotten away from God and I'm, I'm not where I need to be with God. I, I prayed a prayer once, but I'm not where I need to be today. You can reconnect with the heart of God. You can move from God being near you this morning to God being with you. To become intentional in your relationship with God. For the rest of you that you're here and you're saying, Pastor Richie, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Man, I I'm, 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 have Jesus in my life. Man, I'm growing. I'm doing good. Take the next step to really connect, first of all, with Jesus. To, to make sure that you're being intentional. Not just on Sundays. But on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. All day long that you're connecting with Him. That you're including God in your day. That you're recognizing that he's with you, that he's there because he wants to help you make some decisions. He wants to help you make right choices. He wants to give you the wisdom that he has prepared for you so that you can know what to do in this business transaction. Or or if you should go in a relationship with this person. Or if you should take this job or this job. Include him. Get connected with him and and then get connected with a local body. Like this local body. See, the Bible says that the church, talking about us, it's not talking about the organization, that we are the body of Christ. That every one of us are, are a part of the body of Jesus Christ. We, but local bodies have the ability together to do things that you can't do individually because none of us are as smart as all of us. None of us are as strong as all of us. And you have a gift inside of you. You have a part of the body of Jesus Christ that needs to operate. So you need to get connected. You need to be a little bit more intentional and say, I'm just not going to be near the body of Christ. I'm going to be with the body of Christ. Because see, some of you are elbows and you haven't shown up yet, and so the arm's not working quite right. We want to encourage you to figure out what it is that you're called to do. Figure out what you're wired to do. How do I do that, Pastor Richie? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Because today... Believe it or not, we're doing step three of the growth track. It's the third Sunday. In fact, we're also doing step four because next week is Christmas, so you get two for one today. And it's an incredible opportunity for you to understand your personality. Well, I understand it. Maybe so, but maybe other people need to understand it. I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that Pam and I ever did is when we began to understand the way that we're wired. And I quit trying to fix her, which is really change her to be like me, and started accepting her the way that she is. Our relationship began to grow and some of you need to discover and allow other people to discover the way that you're you're wired, what your personality is. We also will give you a spiritual gifts assessment so that you can understand the way that the callings that are within you and the things and the desires that God has put within you so that you can get plugged in and serve the body of Jesus Christ so that you can find contentment and fulfillment in doing what it is that God called you to do. So it's a simple process that we've laid out, and we haven't laid it out to be legalistic or to be mean, but it's the beginning path of our discipleship process to help you grow into all that God would have you to be. So I want to encourage you to stay after. You don't have to sign up, you don't have to begin with step one. You won't have missed anything. We encourage you to come back, do steps one and two. But it's a great way for you to get connected. In a few weeks, we're also going to be kicking off our connect groups and we're going to start advertising and talking to them. You need to get connected. You need to get into some relationships. There's some people in this church that need the experiences, the talents, and the gifts and things that you've walked through. There's something that God has placed inside of you through circumstances of life, through the, the way that he's wired you, that people around you are going to need it. So we want to encourage you to take a next step. You can't do, maybe you can't do all those things. And again, if it feels overwhelming, just wait on it. But I want to encourage you today, not, don't let this day go by. Don't let us get into 2017 before you start. Say, you know what? I'm going to begin today. I'm glad that God is near, but I'm ready for God to be with me. I want to get plugged into the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.